following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. On today's episode, Jaws and I are doing discussion topics, and we take a look and converse about some of our takeaways from preseason week one. Cliff Kingsbury letting Kyler Murray call some plays. Deshaun Watson, a guilt admission. The NFL top 100 list so far, and uh, Malik Willis getting benched for not passing enough. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Matt Johnson, and this is the Two Point Conversation. Hey, buddy. Hey, friend. How you doing? Oh, we, you know, having myself a day. Yes, you are. You are stuck in a very creepy smile. Your internet lag is are you? tremendous. I'm I'm doing okay. <laughs> I'm doing okay. This is terrifying, by the way. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna send you a picture of what you look like right now. Oh boy. Oh God, it's. It's nightmare. It's pure, hundred percent unadulterated nightmare fuel. Well, uh, there was a point in my life where I was referred to as the nightmare in my MMA career, so that's fitting. That's good. Which is not bad. All right, I just sent it your way. It's it's one of the friendliest and scariest smiles I've ever seen. Um, but yeah, so we're back at it. Discussion topics, five topics, as we do every single. Wednesday uh, here when the episode ends up dropping and uh, we got some fun ones today, a little variety. Um, Let's start off with our takeaways. All right. Preseason week one just finished up this past uh, uh, finished up on Sunday, I believe was the end of it. And we know what preseason football is. It's, it's a lot of nonsense. Uh, It's a lot of, it it is a lot of nonsense, Um, but good for players looking to fight for spots. You know, they just cut down the rosters from 90 to 85 this week. And, uh, but yeah, I wanted to give our takeaways. So uh, we talked about this. I talked a lot. I talked about it a little bit on yesterday's film study room. And uh, I got to give some kudos, man. Jacksonville's offense looked really, really fun. A lot of very fun schemed up plays. Wide receivers getting open. Um, if you're listening to, the, you know, if you listen to our film room episode yesterday, you're like, oh, this guy's just saying the same thing. I have to put it out there for our discussion topic, people, because it was really refreshing to see um, Jacksonville's offense look competent. Yeah, the uh, I didn't get a chance to see much of that, and I haven't caught film study yet, so. Uh... I can tell you that I did I did hear a little bit about it and I've I've seen glimpses. The only thing I worry about that is are we talking about a gimmick or are we talking about like an actual functional offense? Because I mean the Wildcat looked good for a year and then it got figured out quick. You know, is it a gimmick or is it actually a well thought out scheme that can actually work 
in today's NFL. I mean, and the preseason, you're not going to know that. We're not going to find out until probably week six. Yeah. No, no doubt. I mean, usually teams, they send some vanilla style, you know, plays, scheming and all that. But uh, just a lot of the trickery, a lot of the the, the play psychology, uh, the ways that the, the order that they were calling plays in. Uh, I was really, really impressed. And you could definitely tell that Doug Peterson has his imprint on this uh, on this Jacksonville Jaguars squad so far. Uh, also hilarious. We're going to talk a little bit about him. Uh, hilarious. The uh, the booing of. <laughs> Deshaun Watson so good in the chance. Um, yeah, my, my favorite one, we'll, and we'll get to it more, but the you sick was yeah. great. <laughs> that was some, uh, it was well-deserved, uh, some intri- intri- yeah, intriguing stuff. Um, but I mean, other than that, it was a pretty vanilla weekend. Uh, I was really disappointed with the way that the Colts played against the Bills. They're uh, got to give credit to the, uh, the Bills secondary uh, second string defense, excuse me. They looked uh, tremendous. You made the comment that the, you know about them like probably being a top fifteen defense on their own. I mean, and, they uh, they might be man. Their linebacking core would be their soft spot. Yeah. And I mean, everybody on our front four could probably go and fight for starting jobs. And other teams, our sec- our, our backup secondary, including two rookies, could probably go fight for starting jobs on other teams. It was an impressive showing. It was, and, I mean, and we're and we're talking. It's not like they confused a rookie quarterback. You know, we're we're talking about a dude who's been there, seen it, and done it. And it's not that he was confused. They just made plays. No, I I, it, I don't even like even looking at it like what like watching it again. I wouldn't even call it all on Matt Ryan. The offensive line got absolutely bullied. Um, I don't know if you've seen yeah, the Tim, part. Tim Settle looked dominant, and and uh, I'm I'm going to chalk that up to uh, to your boy. He got bullied. times but i flushed a lot he was under pressure all day and base pressure not even you know incredible blitzing i I just saw i I saw a lot of good out of one team and listen jonathan taylor changes that offense now no no doubt about going to is he going to make a a huge impact is it going to be oh my god this game's a blowout i mean he did last year but uh at the end of the day you know, there, there's some plays that go the other way, you know, the fourth and short from the, uh, you know, from the one or whatever that was. Naheem Himes doesn't get in. Jonathan Taylor absolutely gets through. Yeah. Stuff like that. I was more concerned, so concerned about the offensive line watching the Colts. I have to turn this into a Colts episode, but more so concerned with the offensive line and the, the lack of catching. I thought Matt Ryan was on the money with his passes, but receivers just, couldn't make um couldn't make grabs couldn't couldn't catch uh but it was a really good i mean that kair elon dude oh my god he's what a grab that was i don't remember him being i don't really remember him being hyped up um as much as like a sauce gardener or some of those other guys but he's i mean just what i've seen he's he's uh well how do i do i call him sticky he's like he was all over uh, Alec Pierce, and it was really, really well done. So, uh, kudos to the Bills. As far as everything else goes, um, I saw some good stuff from you know Aiden Hutchinson uh, that we took a look at yesterday. A uh, couple injuries that were concerning. I think that the Browns are down two centers now for the season. Like they're on season-ending IR. Uh, Zach Wilson got a little banged up, but um, 
Other than that, I, I, I think it was, yeah, it was, was, was preseason. Yeah, lucky for the Jets that that Zach Wilson thing wasn't worse than it is because that was that was dicey. Yeah, he uh, he just got this orthoscopic uh, surgery today, and he's yeah, he's, everything went good. So there's no additional damage found. Everything is good to go. So that is a good sign. Um, what about you, bud? You any other takeaways from uh, preseason week one? Uh, the preseason it it's so. It's so interesting. You know, you got some teams that aren't playing a single starter. You got other teams that are coming out and full blown. I, and, and usually what, what do you see? You know, when you're your full blown offense is out there, it's because you got a new offensive coordinator or a new quarterback, some combination of new something that you need reps. Yeah. And on the other end, you got teams that are out there being like, all right, here's number 23 down from my my starting 22. Like, Okay. So it's hard to get a real feel for things, you know, when you see a number two defense going against a number one offense or vice versa, and they do well, it's exciting, but how much can you really put into it? You know, I mean, are these starters that are playing, you know, again, is, is Quentin Nelson coming out and going hard in the paint? Right. Probably not. He's, no. he's getting reps, but yeah, he's not he's going bullied. That's you know, what he's getting. <laughs> I mean, he, my, my, my man's not going to shotgun a shotgun, a Red Bull full of pre-workout before the game and go tear someone's head off. He's like, it's preseason. Let's chill. Meanwhile, right. this, you know, these, these younger dudes or these dudes looking to prove themselves are going to get it. Like, you know, it's, it's just, it's hard to get a real read on things. And all, what, what is this? It is glorified camp reps. And it's, it's it really, it's televised, televised yeah. camp reps, game speed, game speed yeah. stuff. Um, I don't know. It's, it's hard. Like this year was hard for me for preseason. I don't know what it is, you know, what it was going into this year, but like, I, I didn't care to watch the hall of fame game. I watched highlights on the internet. Um, even this week, there was a part, like I had a chance to go, like go sit and go watch the Colts play the bills. And I was just like, no, like, I, I, like, I know what it is. And I didn't, I didn't think like it really sitting down and thinking back about it. It's like, that I really want like that to be my first taste of football back. You know what I mean? Like back in the mix of things. I, we kind of talked about this last week uh, with the Hall of Fame game, but I just, I, I don't know. I, I, like I, I should be, you know, the, the more I've gotten into this, the more we're looking at guys, looking at skill and technique. And I just, there was no part of me that like wanted to dedicate time. I watched the first half of the Colts Bills game and I was like, All right, I'm good. I think I ended up watching uh, Lost World Jurassic Park after that for the 10th nice. time in my life. But you know what I mean? I just I didn't feel like obligated. And I don't know if that makes me a bad fan or not, but I just I don't I don't, I don't think it, I mean, we also what this is the second year of this three game preseason that yeah. we're doing. Yeah. I mean, in years past, we knew what the preseason was. Normally, every single team had the same thing. Aside from guys who announced early in the year, this guy is not playing the preseason. And who was it? It was your upper echelon. It was your top tier guys. You're probably top five to ten receivers, probably three or four of your top five, you know, of your top five quarterbacks, and then probably two or three more that you were like, you don't you need the reps? Like, why, why are you sitting? Right. And everyone else played, you know, two, two to three series game one the first quarter game two and into the third quarter game three. And then game four was a shit show of names. You'll never hear again. Yeah. This three game series, this three game preseason, that was different. You don't know what to expect. No, you know, you're not game three is not going to be, and no one's playing starters in game three. 
unless they're saying this is our gear up for for week one so i want my team firing all cylinders and then we hit game i we don't know what to expect it's not it's not the same as it's not what it used to be no no yeah it's it's a lack of star power it it felt like and this is me being probably pretty kind of saying but it felt like watching like the usfl like i I, I i didn't get that excitement vibe from it that i would have in years past I don't know what it is. Maybe there's, you know, the 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 lack of, of guys on new teams, right? Like, I mean, yeah, did I want to see Matt Ryan in the Colts uniform? Yes, I did. He looked pretty good in that Colts visiting uh, white uniform, not going to lie. Sure. But um, not too bad, right? I don't think they've released it on NFL Shop yet either. But um, aside from the point, you know, there's, really the, you know, we want to see Russ in Denver, right? Didn't get any of that. Um you know, quarterback competitions like it, Baker. Well, we we had Baker. You know, Baker and Darnold. That was like our only competition. And I didn't. I still to this day have not seen a single highlight from that. I've I've seen what they did. Like, I, I've seen the stats, but you'd think like that would be a big deal. That would be the big one that people want to know about. I haven't seen a single highlight from it. Highlights were bad. They were not. They weren't bad. They just weren't fun. Like. I, I, you know, doing the film study episode yesterday, I was like, oh, what do I pick? What do I pick? What do I look through? And all of it was just receivers running go routes. Right. <laughs> and, and making big splash catches in the end zone. I'm like, there is nothing scientific about this. There's, you can't even break down, you can't break down a go route. Like, there's nothing really to do um, no. you know, w- with that. You just can't. You just can't, unless it's well defense. But it, there was not a whole lot for me to go off of. And I was like, in, it made for a very frustrating recording yesterday by I'm myself sure. doing that. It was just, oh man, you're just reaching for the bottom of the barrel um, with, with some of the stuff. But well, and, and a lot of that again, it's preseason. No one's showing their schemes. No one's showing their, you know, their route, their developmental routes. Where you know you got three guys that run something three times, and then the fourth time they all break into something else that's open because of what you've seen three other times. Like that doesn't happen in the preseason because no one's showing any of that stuff. Cause it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Tough, 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 tough. Uh, but uh, you know, even as a fan, even as a <laughs> starting to get jaded, I guess, um, <laughs> even as a fan of, of football, I still acknowledge the importance of preseason. You know, it's it, like the pro bowl. It's never been really about us. You know, it's right. never been about the fan. Yeah, fans want to come out and watch the game and, and and enjoy themselves. They got nothing to watch on TV. They lay down and watch, you know, on, on the couch and watch watch the game. That's cool and all. But I realize the importance of preseason, what it is. You know, it's it, for some guys, it is the last time, it is the first and last time that they will ever play professional football. And I couldn't imagine being that. Well, I've had similar. Slightly similar stuff uh, in pro wrestling, but you know what I mean? It, you're just so close, the roster cut downs, and you're just trying your heart out, and it just gets ripped from you. And some guy, <laughs> some asshole that talks on a podcast is like, oh, <laughs> oh preseason sucks. God, you know why I mean? is this asshole running the football? I don't even know your name. <laughs> be bagging groceries next week. I know. I yeah, know. I want fries with that a-hole. <laughs> But I mean, that's that's it's really how it is. It's about the players getting those important reps, trying to find their way and make this final fifty-three man roster. Maybe land on a practice squad somewhere. It's a very uncertain time for a lot of these guys. But um, 
but yeah, as as a fan, it's obviously not the best. It's not the best version of football. So um, no, and they and they get away with it's football, and that's the end of it. <laughs> that's about it. Everyone's so starved for football content. They're like, oh, der, football is back <laughs> for the, for the fourth time this year already. They started right. saying it. They started saying football's back way back when the uh, NFL uh, the, combine. The, yeah, combine. Damn, NFL's back. <laughs> the draft. Oh, the NFL's back. <laughs> Minicamp. Football's back. <laughs> pre, pro, <laughs> Hall of Fame like, game. Football is back. I feel like Gon- football is back. I feel like Gonzo. Ah, hooray! It's really how we play football. <laughs> Elmo likes football too. <laughs> it's really how it is though this sesame street bullshit oh bless your soul but uh that's kind of our pre preseason <laughs> week one takeaways jazz you got the uh you got choice my man what are we talking about next uh let me pull out the old roulette wheel here i don't want to don't want to mess with my laptop too much because it's being dicey with the internet so i bust out the old phone machine Oh, Lou, let's go with Cl- Cliff Kingsbury letting Kyler Murray call plays for the preseason game. This was cool. I think uh, Brian sent it to me. Very interested uh, about this. Uh, I forgot what the reasoning was, but. So uh, there, there's been a whole thing between Kingsbury and Murray. Now, we all heard about the like the study clause in his contract that once it was made public, they were like, oh, this is a bad look. Right. Like, oh, crap. People are making fun of us for making our guy have study hours. Crap. But uh, there was a point, I think, in like in camp that Kingsbury was calling plays and you could see Kyler Murray shaking his head like, why are we calling this? And Kingsbury got tired of it. So he let him call plays in camp a few times and it didn't go well. Well, apparently this has been an ongoing conversation where Kyler thinks he can do the job. He can kind of be the field general out there, being the guy who's on the field, running the play, seeing what's going on live and in living color. And every time they've let him, it hasn't gone well, but he's like, well, but that's not a real game. Like (laughs) we're in camp. We're very specifically working on things. They know what we're working on. So it's harder so, but like, so that's not really letting me call plays. So they said, go ahead, go get it. And the only thing that looked good about it was those damn black helmets. That was it. Yeah. So it, I have the, uh, the drive chart <laughs> for what Kyler called. And I think they let him call it in the fourth quarter. They left, they left it towards the very end. And um, all right, let's let's run. We'll take a run through these uh, these drive charts. Right. So the first one lasted between 12 minutes, 50 seconds left in the fourth to 11 minutes, 38 seconds, three plays, negative eight yards (laughs) and a punt. All right. That was uh, Kyler's first drive column plays. All right. Let's go to a second one. Uh, Seven minute, 33 seconds left to five minute, 57 seconds left. Three plays, 13 yards. uh, Total net yard, eight. So there's like a negative five in there somewhere, um, but then in, in a punt. And the last one, they had the, the ball for the final minute, 14 seconds, two plays, negative two yards, <laughs> end of game. <laughs> so so what, like, did they kneel out at the end of the game? Like, that's what that had to be, right? Probably, probably the best did. call they made all day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, you got that one right. Thanks for not spiking it. 
dumbass. <laughs> We're putting your study hours back in your contract. I know. I know. Well, uh, so, and, and a lot of this has to do with the fact that there's actually, it's, there's a direct correlation for when the new Call of Duty comes out and Kyler Murray's stats plummeting. It's disgusting. Is it, it is, is a direct a real thing? correlation? Yeah, that's a real thing. <laughs> like he, the dude, he he decides to start like playing Call of Duty and playing video games more than he studies his playbook and tape and everything else. And they 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 have proven a direct correlation with major video game releases and Kyler Murray's stats going in the shitter. <laughs> I had no idea that was a real thing. I oh, knew. Yeah. I mean, obviously the 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 tummy. I mean, stu- study time was <laughs> was you know a mandatory thing, but I did not realize there was a correlation between COD and his fucking staff. Oh yeah, that is incredible. <laughs> I mean, you're you're getting paid. Hold on, let me let me let me try to let me try to give this the proper je ne sais quoi, if you will. You're getting paid millions. <laughs> And millions of dollars to play football. And you can't put the goddamn Xbox controller down long enough to learn your plays and to study and to study film. Bro, if they paid, they could pay me league minimum to do nothing. And I would do nothing but study film. Oh, yeah, dude. I would love to be a third string quarterback in the NFL. No kidding. <laughs> Call me clipboard, bitch. I don't care. Give I will know more than you. I promise just to have the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Give and me. Like, Give me third stringer money. And now this dude, this dude's got this dude's got the nutsack to look at his coach and be like, I should be calling plays. Like, dude, the only thing you should be calling is like a camper in Call of Duty at this point, because you've proven you don't know what you're doing. I, I don't know. I just no. I it's an interesting concept, though. I think it really is because there's a lot of people in in you know, including myself, but players, especially who, who are know-it-alls, right? They, they are the, uh, you know, they, they think they should do this, do that. Very few can kind of get away with that. I don't even think Tom Brady, I don't even know if Tom Brady calls his own plays. I really don't. Um, I think he'll make audibles. I, I think last year, who was, who's his OC? Is it, um, oh Christ, what's his name? He used to play for the Browns. Uh, I can't remember. Anyways, he called the play, and Brady was like, "Nah, f- fuck that." Well, didn't didn't Arians control that offense? <laughs> he might have. I th- I thought nope. it, probably not. No, but the OC, I I really can't think of his name. But uh, was it that Spurgeon win? What the fuck? All right, I need a nap. Anyways, um, but they call the play, and Brady's like, "No, nah, f- fuck that! You know, I'm doing. We're doing this." And you know, Brady's one of the only few people who can probably, probably, legitimately get away with that. Um, there are other players that can. Aaron Rodgers is probably somebody who could. Matt Ryan, I think, is at the point where he could. He doesn't, but you know what I mean. But there's this whole like respect thing. I think there's a lack of respect between quarterbacks and coaches in some instances you see it often and i think this is actually a really neat idea to even help grow the understanding of the game right i think this is as bad as it turned out i think this is actually a really cool opportunity for kyla murray i don't disagree with you and i mean i can equate this to calling pitches as a baseball coach right so you know i i called pitches until i knew my catcher 
understood what we were doing and what, like how we trained, because it's one thing most catchers don't pay attention when they're catching bullpens. Like they, they, they don't know why I'm having them move in, in and out, in and out, in and out and stuff like that. So until you understand what I want, I'm doing it. And then that t- like there takes time to get to that point where I just hand you the reins where this seems like Kyler Murray was like, give me the reins. I can drive this wagon. And he was like, bro, we ain't playing an Oregon trail. Well, I don't know what to tell you, but you just died of dysentery on this drive. <laughs> He did. I also, uh, I, to be very clear, I apologize for saying that Spurgeon win was Tom Brady's offensive court. It was Byron Leftwich. <laughs> oh um, close enough. Close enough. Uh, uh, I think maybe, but regardless, um, I think it's a really cool opportunity, though, especially for young guys. Uh, some of these younger quarterbacks, like I, I, if I'm a head coach, I really want, I would really like my quarterback to have that opportunity to. You know, if he sees something that maybe I don't, take that chance, take that shot, call the play, you know, put some faith back in the quarterback. I know this is a more common thing way back when in the 50s and 60s and 70s, maybe into the 80s. But as the game has evolved and players get paid more, they get paid a lot to uh, to kind of listen. Like, no, we're doing, you know, we're doing this. This is the play we're calling. Um, you know what this reminds me of? What's that? This reminds me of the scene in the longest yard where Brucey was like, why can't I play quarterback? And Stanley's like, you want to play quarterback? Go ahead. Throw the hut, hut, hut. And he throws the ball like 10 yards into the dirt. And he was like, that's why I should sit down and shut up. That's what this was. <laughs> yeah. This was, a, hey, why, why can't I call plays? You want to call plays? Go ahead. All right. This, this, this. That's why I'll sit down and shut up. <laughs> like, I mean, like, because one of two things happens here. You, you like, this was a great coaching move. You do it in the preseason. So it doesn't hurt you down the road. Yeah. You look at him and you say, okay, go ahead. And he either can do it and it looks really, really good. And now you got something you can work with or it doesn't. And you can tell him to sit down and shut up. Yeah, it's, it's, it was, I mean, I don't know. I'm not sold on Cliff Kingsbury yet as a head coach, but I think this might've been one of the most intriguing things he's ever done. I don't know if other coaches have allowed players to, uh, to, to call plays, but I mean, it, that makes, honestly, that's an added. If I knew that my QB one was going to be calling plays in a preseason game, that might help my interest level a little bit. All right. What's this guy's knowledge really at? Well, um, and I, I think a lot of that comes, I mean, maybe this does happen, but this was such an intriguing time because of how Kyler has handled himself. Yeah. No, it, uh, the timing was appropriate. I think Kyler Murray needed to be knocked down a, a, just a, just a peg, just a peg. Um, show that, Hey, the Cardinals, the Cardinals should scrub their social media of all references to Kyle Murray for Kyler Murray for a week. See how, see how he likes it. See how he feels. Yeah. yeah. Turnabout's fair play. Just get, just give him back everything. I want, I want back. more film study or I'm taking you off our social media accounts. <laughs> Take away, take, away his PS, take away his <laughs> take away his PS5 and give him an Atari. Right. Yeah. You want to play games now? Um, but yeah, I thought this was a really cool concept. Uh Brian tagged me in it. Our co-host Brian Finch tagged me in it. And I was like, wow, this is uh this is interesting. I, I, I think for the growth of the game, I think it would be a lot better. I know? agree. I do think it'll be a lot better for it. I think it'd be better for preseason. I think quarterback knowledge would be better. I just feel like some of these guys get put in these situations and, and they're or here. No, here's an instance. So 
I read the 85 bears book and it's kind of a similar instance. And they were talking about uh, Walter Payton getting a record for, I think most consecutive uh, games with a hundred rushing yards, something along the lines of that. And Ditka wanted a pass play. He's like, no, forget that record. We're trying to win here. And, um, and well, Jim McMahon's like, no, we're going to do this. We're going to get Walter his seat. I think you need like one more yard or two more yards to, uh, to make things happen. And uh, he, he, he did it. He called an audible right there and he put Walter in the right position and he took off and he might've got a touchdown from it. But like, that's the sort of thing, like that would not fly today. I know Ditka's oh, wow. a fiery personality and him and Jim McMahon bailed quite a bit. Uh, but you know, if if you screw up, man, you're getting your ass chewed out. And it, I don't think a lot of these guys are. I don't know. Again, we're not in NFL locker rooms, not in NFL offices, but it doesn't seem like a lot of these guys get the freedom to get that, that sort of freedom. Uh, some of them are even limited. Uh, Andrew told me a story about in the '90s that somebody somebody wasn't allowed to call audibles. It might have been Vinny Testaverde, but like shit like that. It's like it's crazy. To, to think about, you know, certain players uh, not even being allowed to audible, like that's how much you don't trust me in your offense. That's concerning. I feel like the, the ability to coach and call plays in preseason gives a better understanding and appreciation for the game and uh, and and could make for some, you know, just, just interesting uh, quarterback, like growth, leaps and bounds. Um, you know, I, again, it, and there's ways to make this a growth thing, right? There's a ways for like, you sit there and you say, okay, as the offensive coordinator, I'm, this is where, this is the down and distance on position on the field. This is what I would have called. And here's why. Okay. He called this. And then you work that exact scenario through every play he calls. And then after the game, guess what? We're going to sit down. Why'd you call this? And it better be something more than. I thought it would work. Right. Why? Well, I just did. Okay. Well, if you're calling plays because you like you saw something, there's something that you, you know, made note of mentally. Something. Sure. Great. Grand. But if you're like, no, I just wanted to call this play. This is why you don't call plays. You know, and there, there's a learning curve to it. There's a there's a like, I mean, the same thing with calling pitches. Like I said, it's there, there's a way to make it a teachable moment. This feels like a sit down and shut up, but it feels like I think, but there's also the other side of it where some coaches are just so egotistical about about just being control freaks. Imagine telling a dude who played the NFL for as long as like Vinny Testaverde did. Yeah, you're not allowed to audible. Why? Because right. you're going to run what I called. Listen, we're not talking about high schoolers. Like we're talking oh, about pros. Yeah. Like this should be the realm of if you see something and you change it, you better have a damn good reason. And if it like. If it works, okay. If it doesn't, okay. You throw a pick six, you're never doing it again. That that's the conversation, you know. Yeah. No, I uh, I I concur. It's there's a lot that can come from it, but um, yeah, a little little forward thinking on the part of Cliff Kingsbury. I don't I don't mind it at all. Um. All right. Let's let's. I, I'm so sick of him. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> I am so sick of him. But uh, let's talk to Sean Watson again, because something sure. else 
happened uh, this week. He basically to the world admitted, uh, right? I, I mean, we, we all seen the quote. He apologized, which he should. Um, he should apologize. But, bro, he just, he just admitted guilt. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, you just... Ugh. You, you've been so adamant about your innocence and you want to prove your name. You get the six games. You still think you're innocent. You want, you know, you're like, okay, we'll settle for that. The NFL pulls that back and they're like, no, we want him suspended indefinitely for at least a year. And now it's apology time. Um, you sick fuck. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you got your money. You got your money. Like I, this is, uh, this is bad. This is bad. I, I, I don't know if this was an NFL or like his agents being like, listen, come out and apologize, seem contrite, seem apologetic. And maybe, maybe the NFL, like we can like, listen, man, he came out, he issued an apology. He admitted what he did was wrong. He admitted the wrongdoing. Like, let's go like eight to 10 games, get him back. He's one of the most like uh, he's a top tier quarterback. You want him on the field. He's good. Like him being on the field is good for the product. Yeah. And I hope to God what they just did was torpedo his career. I hope to God. And listen, you can go back and find me on not only this show, but on at least my my show, Hats, Stats and Stats, and at least one other podcast that I've done saying I believe Deshaun Watson is as good as any quarterback in the NFL or he was when he when he was before he couldn't play or didn't play last year. I hope this dude never steps foot steps foot on the field again. Yeah, and I hope the Browns are on the hook for his entire salary in the I th- process. I think so too. We've seen several articles about them trying to get maybe get out of it. I don't believe any of that um, at this point in time until I see something happen. But, um, but yeah, because you don't want to wrongly convict somebody, right? I'm a big believer in innocent until proven guilty and you know it but eventually the evidence just mounted up to be to be too much to be too much for watson but he still proclaimed innocence and like i'm just like again a couple years ago i was like okay cleveland you know it's you know hope hope something happens hope you guys win the division hope good things happen and i just oh this has been a nightmare for um, this has been an absolute nightmare for the Browns and I have no sympathy at all with, with, with it. I just, you know, they, st- they like, here it is. I'm sorry for all, everybody that I've hurt in this process. Okay. Why are you still going on the buses? Why are you still going on the team bus? Why is, why are, you know, like, like what's going on? The NFL's morality issue is, is uh, unreal. It's, it's unreal. Were there, were there, uh, uh, you know, where they're what they target as far as punishment goes. And, you know, I know we've talked about this and joked about it, but dude, if I'm Calvin Ridley sitting somewhere right now for $1,500 placing a bet on my team to win, not to lose. I know sports gambling is not no bueno, but I'm out for a whole year at least. Cause I put a $1,500 bet on something. I, like, I, 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 I put to win. faith in my team put, to the tune of 1500 bucks. You know, uh, and <laughs> and this this motherfucker's walking around right now. Got to play in a preseason game. Who knows? Uh, I mean, he, Josh, Josh Gordon. How many how many games was he suspended for smoking weed? This dude just likes smoking the reefer, walking around high as a, high as a kite, not hurting anybody, not like just high as shit. 
missed like 52 games or something crazy. He missed a lot of games. And remember how, I mean, I remember how good Josh Gordon was too. Every time he got a shot, he like the the two to three games per stint, he would play before he tested positive again. Electric. Yeah. When the Patriots sent him, I was like, shit. I know. I thought it was going to be a lot better than it ended up being. And uh, it just didn't pan out, but two, two games in a water bong later, he's out. (laughs) Poor guy. It's probably still residual from the last. From the last no kidding. I always no thought kidding. Him and Ricky Williams are hanging out somewhere, going like, "This mother, how does this dude still playing?" Unbelievable. But yeah, I'm just I'm over it. I I, I want the final verdict just to be here. I want full suspension. Um, any any like little sprinkle of doubt in my mind was just erased when he, after all this time, uh, said that hey. I'm sorry. You know, I, I proclaiming the innocence. I want to prove my, I want to clear my name. Right. And then he does that. And yeah, uh, pile it on, pile it yeah. on. And you know what? I, I, I almost want the NFL to let them go the entire preseason. I'd be like, Oh crap. Like maybe we'll get him for a few games. Like before they levy, oh, whatever. Dude, yeah, and then they're like, point. like week one. Nope. Suspended indefinitely. Oh, shit. Well, like, like Wednesday of week one. Well, this is another thing I don't understand either. If you know, if you are the Cleveland Browns coaching staff and you know that you are probably not going to have the Sean Watson for at least six games at the most in, de- you know, a full season, potentially now, why the fuck are you starting to Sean Watson? Why aren't you getting your backups reps? Like, why isn't Jacoby Brissett taking reps with the, with the offense? You know, this like, is, what is the logic in this at all? It, it's 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 mind boggling. Like this team is so organizationally just terrible. Just like everything. Nothing makes sense. There's no logic. And yeah, we're going to lose a Sean. We got to have somebody ready to go so we can be competitive. But uh, yeah, the Sean's going to play preseason, even though it's not going to really matter. Every Saturday, I have to listen to Jonas Knox on FS1 or uh, sorry, Fox sports radio. And I, I have to, because the radio station that I work at, like we're a Fox affiliate. So that's what's on while I'm processing the show. We just did. Yeah. And it's the only reason I ever tuned into that shock jockey asshole. He literally just says things to get people pissed off, to get interactions. I hate it. Like that's listen, if I'm saying something that pisses you off, I actually believe it. I'm not just saying it. I promise this dude just says shit. One of the things that he said recently, and it was actually this past Saturday, that I wholeheartedly agree with is the exact statement you just made. Why are, like, the Browns know at bare minimum, if the NFL just accepted the suspension that was recommended, he wouldn't be able to play it on week one. Why is he getting reps with your first team? Yeah. If you want him to get reps, that's one thing. But don't start him with your starters. Because he's not going to do that for six weeks. So, like... Now you and you know he's facing longer now because the NFL didn't accept it. Why is he out there? Why is he out there running reps with with your first team? And you're accepting the shit show that like you you think that was bad. Wait till they go somewhere with a rabid fan base. Like we're not talking about no, Duval County. That's not really the most rabid fan base. No kidding. Like these people were like taking their snorkels off to chant at you because they were hanging out in the pool during the preseason game. I mean, wait wait till he goes to Oakland. Right, that like you're well, exact... <laughs> so, they, will, sorry, they won't LA. be going. Oh yeah, LA. <laughs> no, no. LV. Screw that. Send the LV. Browns to Oakland. LV. Just send the Browns to Oakland. Just send them to Oakland. 
play that game. Like if they like play that game in Oakland, do a throwback game. I mean, send send them some. Wait till wait till he takes a field in a divisional game, because all three of the other teams in that division have a rabid fan base. Imagine imagine him with him stepping foot on the field in Pittsburgh. Oh my god! Bye. Well, honestly, Steelers fans, they, well, allegedly, um, they really can't say anything about that. But uh, no, but listen, it's it's a, it's all about recency bias, right? Nobody sure is like. The only people that care about what Ben Roethlisberger allegedly did are the people who are trying to defend what Deshaun Watson has now admitted to doing. <laughs> that, those are the only people that still care. Oh, it's so frustrating. Yeah, I just I this dude know. should not be on the field. I hope he shouldn't Brown- be. Allowed, he shouldn't be allowed at the facilities. It should just be, and the Browns should be. He should be suspended. Like at this at this point, he admitted to it. This should be bordering on a lifetime ban. You're a predator. People in jail, people who go to jail for this stuff end up in like protective custody because the scumbags think you're a scumbag. Yeah, that's how bad this is. I can't even like I I don't even want to meme about it anymore. Like it's it's that gross. Right. I would rather be dropping memes about Odell Beckham being pooped on. Yeah. That's less disgusting than this. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So. Yeah, I I think the I think the Browns should just move to Baltimore again. So the, the Baltimore has two teams. It just just stop. It's just Cleveland's a cesspool, and we'll, the, the, it's the mistake on the lake, man. It's the factory of sadness. We I say it all the time. <laughs> okay. all right. And I think we're we're a season and a half removed from me like really rooting for the Browns, like wanting them to be like like they're like they're the Bills. South technically, yeah. I do. I thought Baker was their savior. I thought, they, yeah. I thought that when I started the show before the 2018 season, I was like, man, these Browns are gonna they're gonna be competitive. They're gonna make a playoff run eventually. And you know, it it's hard to get my sympathy right now. It's it's it really is. But that is our Deshaun Watson combo. Unless you want anything, you want to pile on anything with that? Sure is. Downward facing dog, that crap. <laughs> All right. So our next one, um, Jaws, you got you got this one here, my man, Malik yes, Willis. Sir. This this was great, and this goes right along the conversation with uh, the Cliffs Kingsbury letting Kyler Murray call plays. Malik Willis getting benched by Mike Vrabel for not throwing enough. Um, I think we've seen it in the NFL, right? The the run first, run again, run some more, and then throw style of quarterback doesn't work. Eventually, you have to throw the football. You have to be able to throw the football, and you have to be able to throw the football with some semblance of competency. Right. You're you're not going to get away with stops and slants exclusively as your weaponry. And apparently, Mike Vrabel told Malik Willis, I want you to throw the football. I want you to stay in the pocket and throw. And he was apparently very displeased that Malik Willis, despite having a good game, was not doing that. He was bailing out of the pocket early. He was kind of fly by night and then tuck it and go. Yeah. And he finally said, you know what? You're done. I told you, if you're not going to throw, you're not going to play. And he pulled him. And I listen, I hate that Vrabel coaches the Titans. I love him. because one, you you look at that smug look on his face. I want to hit him, and if he wasn't 
in my division or not like if he wasn't in my conference, he's in your division. I don't know why you like him so damn much. I but, dude, he's way better head coach than Frank Reich. I listen, I you won't find an argument from me. <laughs> and like listen, it like if Rabel coached my team, I would love him. I hate him because I think he's a great coach and I have to deal with him every friggin' year, it seems. Yeah. No, it's like it's like the fourth year in the row the, in the row the Bills have to play the Titans. I'm tired. I'm done. I don't want to play the Titans anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like, and Vrabel with that little smirk, that little, like, gotcha. Like, I, oh, oh. he's such oh, a patriot. I hate it. And it, yeah, it's like ripping my heart out. Um, But I think this is a really, I mean, this makes sense, though. Like, some people are probably like, really? Why? Just let him play. No. Like, that's. That's the shit that gets you hurt, and especially in preseason, you want to get go and get hurt, taken off and run of the football. Preseason games, again, going back to our first topic today, it's about players getting in work, getting in reps, getting better at certain aspects. Cool, you can run. Passing's obvious. If, if passing's not your strong suit, let's work on it here when it doesn't matter. All right, because Malik Willis, you know, if Ryan Tannehill folds out, you know, in in, in plays like shit this year. Malik Willis is the next guy up, and we see the effects on some of these mobile quarterbacks, right? The injuries have piled up for Kyler Murray. All right, Kyler Murray can chuck the ball. He's got a great arm, but, man, when he takes off, he's it's it's a little nerve-wracking. Lamar Jackson, sorry, everybody. Uh, I think he's a much better passer. I'm not going to sit here and call him a running back like everybody else does, but that running style and those injuries are starting to pile up and he missed half of the season last year. Uh, it, it, it goes into effect with, you know, with, with a lot of these run first quarterbacks and, and it's just, it wasn't a good look for Malik Willis this, this past weekend, right? You bail and you just run. Like, what are you learning? I don't like what I see. I'm just going to run. It's, it's not the way that the Titans offense is, is operating. Uh, they obviously have their coordinator and their style. Um, you know, Tannehill takes off when he needs to. And a lot of those are designed. Right. Uh, you're right. Uh, they, a lot of them are designed and they're fun. Where Malik is, it's a legit, like, this is like what I, some of the shit I do in Madden. So I'll pick a Hail Mary play. All right. And I'll get all the defensive backs. They're all playing like dime, nickel. All the defensive backs are are chasing my receivers, and I just take off and run. That's like what, what Malik Willis was doing. Right. It's not good football. Um, it's it's not good football at all. And yeah, I think he get did he get a I think he might have got a rushing touchdown. He did. He got a rushing, but like, but he I mean he got banged up on the way in there. I mean he yeah. it's not like he got in there clean. It's not like you know like you think about the Tannehill runs. You know there it's you know, you're on the between the five and the ten, and it, it looks like you're going to run a power to to Derrick Henry, so they're all crashing hard over there, and he just naked boot at nine and walks in because no one's looking for it. Yeah, and like that's a designed piece. Yeah, they they've I mean even Josh Allen they've they put a cap on him with the improv be like running stuff like do it when you have to, not when like oh this is the easiest way out. Right, and look what's happened. He's turned into one of a top five a top, a top five elite level quarterback. You know, you have to, you ha- like, you cannot survive in the NFL if you're going to bail early and look to run first. And everyone who's tried has figured that out. Um, you know, and looking, I mean, well, one of the plays he made, I mean, it, it pretty, pretty quick pressure, but I mean, he was in a shotgun and he took, a, I believe, a three-step drop, saw the pressure quick. It looked like it may have been, a t- like a screen type of setup yeah. and he bailed or ran like 
bellied out, ran back, and then like as he turned, he like flipped in the air and like flicked the sidearm ball to his tight end for a, for a first down. And on the surface, you're like, holy crap, like what, like what an athletic play. Like, oh my God, what an athletic play. But then you look at it and you're like, wait a minute. That was designed for pressure to come in because it was a screen and he bailed. You yeah. bailed on the screen. You're asking for a penalty. You're asking for guys being too far downfield. Like you're there's a lot can, that can go wrong there and you could die. <laughs> like there's just a lot of problems with that. And that's the stuff that a coach like Vrabel, who's a hard ass, you know, he you don't hear the Patriot way with him. You don't hear that jargon like you did when uh, Matt Patricia went to, to Detroit. But right. he's got his own brand. Like he's got his own brand of hard ass. He's that kind of dude. He's a hard nosed coach. And guess what? I told you if he didn't throw, he ain't gonna play. You you didn't want really want to throw. You didn't want to run the plays that we called them the way they're meant to be run. I'm not gonna play you. Yeah, I'll put somebody me. else in who will, who will. Try me. Right. And uh variable variable uh basically called huh? Malik tried to call his bluff and uh variable sits it your ass down. So I, I think it's I think it's a good lesson um, in, in this that there's we know that Malik Wallace is not going to come in this year and change oh. the Titans. He played in Liberty College, which is not like well known for anything, athletically, especially uh, football, especially some, you know, some of the just watching, you know, highlights last year, some of the teams that they played against. And, you know, it just it, it didn't really, you know, it. You you got to fall in line. Like you you got to learn this thing. We're we're not going to let you become you know the some of these other mobile first quarterbacks that get hurt. I mean, I didn't list a, a, a bunch of them that have just pretty much flight flamed out over the last couple of years. You know, being mobile first. You know, the Cam Newtons and the RG threes, and and even I mean, if you look back at Steve Young's career, right when his mobility get, got him killed by I think it was Aeneas Williams, and he ended up that ended up kind of sealing the deal for him. But that's the sort of thing that he's trying to elude. It's great to have legs. It is so great to have legs. It's so great to be, have a mobile quarter, be a mobile quarterback in today's National Football League. The way the pocket passer, um, it's it's not a it's it's not the the overall desired kind of you know quarterback style um, that is long long gone. But you got to know when to use it. You got to know when to use it so people don't know that it's coming. All right. I also, I don't think this was a, a malicious thing on either end. I don't think this was a no. kind of a fuck around and find out situation on either side. I think this was Malik falling back on his natural abilities and Vrabel sending the message of, you know, listen, I've been on you about this. You need to step it up. Like this was your proof. You need to start paying attention and really focusing on this if you want to have a future in this league. I, and I think it was a an athlete doing what an athlete does. You default to your lowest level of expertise when crap hits the fan. And it was just Brable being like, "Hey, listen, like this is here's your wake up call. Ring the bell, and we're gonna get back to work tomorrow." Right. Absolutely. So. There is uh that is discussion topic number four, and we are moving on to our fifth and final one. An interesting debate came up uh, this maybe not debate, but a uh, a discussion of the top one hundred. Everybody loves lists, these stupid, stupid lists that everybody loves to put out. I love making lists. I don't like listening, <laughs> or I don't like listening to people. <laughs> 
complain about other people's lists. I don't like seeing other people's lists because lists are just I don't know. They're they're, a, they're, they're they're completely opinionated. They're completely opinionated, right? You know, you and I have you know both grew up as athletes, right? In high school, um, you know, I wrestled. They have these rankings, right? Every week, everyone wanted to check out the rankings. Like, what what did these rankings matter? If you don't do it, when it you know, if you don't win when it counts, right? You're you're you could be the number one ranked guy going into sectionals for wrestling, and you know, cool, you're number one ranked all year, but it don't mean shit. If you don't win the section, you know, like that sort of thing. Um, this applies to football rankings all the time. Like a couple of years ago, when Andrew Luck came back and Frank Wright took over the Colts, they had somebody ranked the Colts, the 32nd best team in the NFL, worst team in the NFL. And they ended up making the playoffs. And I'm just like, this is how stupid lists are. <laughs> Love generating them, hate reading and listening to them. It's one of those weird things, but, uh, it has sparked a lot of controversy already, this top 50, which we should acknowledge. Maybe not, people don't know this. This is all voted on by players. All right? Players pick these um, as far as they go. I'm going to read through, I don't know, I'm going to read through these as quickly as possible. All right? And then we'll discuss some of the, the question ones. All right. So uh, starting at number 100, we got Kyle Juszczyk. 99, Kirk Cousins, 98, David Montgomery, 97, Leonard Williams, 96, Jimmy Ward, 95, C.D. Land, 94, Justin Tucker, 93, Von Miller, 92, Tyron Smith, 91, Kyle Pitts. All right, let's look at, uh, let's go to 90 through 81. Uh, This is not really good at scrolling. All right, 90 through 81, 90 is Odell Beckham Jr., 89 is Marshawn Lattimore, 88 is Jonathan Allen, 87, Denzel Ward, 86, Shaquille Barrett, 85, Mac Jones, 84, Roquan Smith, 83, Wyatt Teller, 82, Kenny Moore, and 81, Justin Simmons. All right, let's go back up to the top, 80 through 71. 80, James Conner, 79, Rashawn Slater, 78, Trey Hendrickson, uh, 77, Darius Slay, 76, Brian Burns, 75, Antoine Winfield, 74, Demario Davis, 73, Cordero Patterson, 72, Quandre Diggs, 71, Jason Kelsey. All right. Number 70, Tyron Matthew, 69, Cam Jordan, 68, Zach Martin, 67, Buda Baker, 66, DeForest Buckner, 65, Derek Carr, 64, Devin White, 63, Jalen Waddell, 62, Chandler Jones, 61, Russell Wilson. The face of purity, goodness, and innocence in the entire National Football Those are so good. Those I don't know. Me- oh, my God. Those memes are great. <laughs> uh, in our last 10, this is up to date as of August 16th at 5.30 p.m. Uh, 60 is Corey Lindsley, 59 is Max Crosby, 58 is Darren Waller, 57 is Kylan Murray, 56 is Xavier Howard, 55 Joel Batonio, uh, 54 Jeffrey Simmons, 53 Mike Evans, 52 Matthew Judon, and 51 Alvin Kamara. All right, so I know you weren't overly stoked with a certain uh, New England Patriot player making the top 100. Uh, he landed at what, 84? 85 was it somewhere in there yeah All now right. here's my thing I, and i get it these are generated by by player votes that should nullify any any debate and doubt and, right there and it does because there are dudes who 
base like who can't tie their own cleats in the league. That guy's <laughs> like, oh, he a dog. That's my boy. Get him on a team. Let's go. Like, no, that dude can't out. Can't like he doesn't even know like what hand the gloves go on. Dude's running around here with the sticky stuff on the back on the back of his hand, and that, that that guy's a dog. Like, no, that guy's an idiot. But the list is here, and we're gonna talk about it. Mac freaking Jones. Yeah. Be even being on the list. All right, he belongs. I, I think he belongs. Okay, you have a two-time Super Bowl champion and former Super Bowl MVP behind a dude who is so good. His coach didn't trust him to throw a single pass in a game this year. Who was the, who was the one you were referencing? The uh, Von freaking Miller. He oh. listen. He hasn't even suited up for the Bills yet. Yeah. This like this is a dude, a defender who can change a game is behind a quarterback whose coach doesn't trust him to throw in the wind. I. <laughs> and by the way, you play in New England. It's not like you're in a dome, right? It's outdoors there. Pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, the wind happens in the northeast because if it's windy in Buffalo, it's windy norther and easter from here. <laughs> what are you doing? And why does that dude deserve to be in the top 100? I mean, if if and 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 ahead of Kirk Cousins. Well, okay, so I have an argument for that one. I I have an argument with that one. Okay, so Kirk Cousins. I'm a big Kirk Cousins fan. I I think he's kind of underrated, but I understand why a kid like Mac Jones is put ahead of a guy like Kirk Cousins. All right, Kirk Cousins is a stat monster. There's no debating that, right? All right, you're looking away from the camera. You, I can already tell you're trying to think of some retort. You're like stroking out to be trying to hear me explain this. All right, Kirk Cousins has plentiful weapons at his disposal, right? Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, and aging Adam Thielen. Kirk Cousins still finds a way to fuck up Minnesota season every single year, right? It, it, like, it, they're not like. They haven't been competitive. They had one run where they beat the Saints in the first round. I think it was 2019. Uh, and then they lost to San Francisco. San Francisco waxed them. Kirk Cousins, with the way, with how the depth of the NFC shows up, and I know it's just more than quarterback and weapons. It's defense. It's, it's other aspects. But there is no excuse for Kirk Cousins and the Vikings to not be in the playoffs every single year. But they haven't been. In fact, Minnesota has been largely disappointing since Kirk is. Kirk is a, you know, again, I think he's great for fantasy football, but he's a garbage time guy. Uh, he gets a lot of yardage, a lot of touchdowns in that frequently of over 4,000. He's not bad, but he just hasn't been able to elevate his team. My argument for Mac Jones. Okay. All right. Mac Jones took over a team, bounced out Scam Newton, uh, uh, took over for a team that did not make the playoffs in the previous year in 2020. All right, Mac took, uh, they spent it, the Patriots spent a, a ton of money on weapons last year, and the only one that was worth a damn was Hunter Henry. Uh, Mac Jones led this, led a Patriots team who I didn't think was going to make the playoffs. I didn't think it was going to be any good. I thought they were going to have a similar record in 2021. He elevated them. He, he played as fine a football as he could. And if Bill Belichick maybe let the reins off a little bit, who knows? They could have been more competitive. They almost beat the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Brady's homecoming game. They almost beat several other teams. Uh, and if the Colts didn't have Jonathan Taylor, uh, 
you know, he, he probably would, they probably should have beat the Colts too. It was that close. But I mean, they, some of their losses, like they lost to Dallas by six points, lost to Miami in week one by one point. Um, New Orleans by a couple touchdowns. They lost to Tampa Bay by two points. It was a game ending field goal. It was, you know, insanity. Mac Jones took a, a bad team, led them to 10 and seven in a pretty competitive AFC and took them to the playoffs. And I think that deserves a lot of credit. I think it shows where Mac Jones is, you know, where he is in his career. You're smiling. I, something bad's going to be said. Uh, I can already feel it. He elevated this team beyond where it, it, again, this, the, the offense. I mean, I do not, I didn't pick anybody offensively. A lot of people didn't look at the Patriots offense last year and was like, yeah, fantasy guys, really good fantasy guys. Nobody did. Uh, but Mac was good enough. Mac took a team essentially that Cam Newton had last year and a team that's honestly been not built up properly since probably 2018, 2019, the last Brady Super Bowl. It not been really well developed and stocked with weapons. He took that team and made it to the playoffs. So I think that's where a guy like Mac Jones gets consideration. Do I agree with his number? I mean, it's this is all player based, of course, but right. I mean, to, to be at eighty five, I, I think it's 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 fair. I think there's an argument for it. I I, I do believe he belongs in the top one hundred, whether whether people want to agree with that or not. Now, my issue with that is okay. So he led them to ten and six, right? Ten seven. Yep. Ten and seven. You you mentioned oh. They lost to this team. They lost to that team. They lost to this team. Like, okay, they, like, and they were tight games. They lost. So losing doesn't elevate. Losing isn't an elevation. The The Cowboys traditionally underperformed last year. You know, teams that they should have probably buried, including the Patriots, they weren't dogfights with because that's just what the Cowboys do. But they went in, in division. They went one and two against the Bills. And each game got progressively worse. The game you won, your quarterback didn't throw. Right. He literally turned around and handed the ball off. You put that team on your running backs and your defense. There are there were fantasy players that people took from the Patriots last year. There were two, maybe even three running backs that, that made rotations in, in fantasy lineups. Mac Jones did not. I, I, he didn't do anything. He was, I mean, better than Cam Newton. Sure. Um, that's a long list. Well, I, I think with the, the fantasy, the fantasy perspective, a lot of those players were in rotations by the end of the year, but when we came to looking ahead to that team, I don't think a lot of them were getting I, picked up. I, I think whoever your feature back is in new England always gets consideration because they're going to run the football. Right. But I mean that, that entire team that their, their run was basically put on the back of that defense. Yeah. And it, I mean, it certainly helped, but also, yes, you know, Mac Jones had some bad games against against the Bills, you know, but beating the Bills isn't the ultimate measuring stick here. They they beat up. Uh, a, listen, when when Tom Brady and the Patriots were on their run, that was the measuring stick, right? Whether you beat the Patriots was the measuring stick. So, well, it, I, I mean, I'm not saying I'm, I'm saying for getting into the, the, the top 100 players list, it, like, it's fair. not like, OK, you beat the Bills. Oh, shit, you're in. You know what I mean? It's it, that that's that, that's I mean. Shit happens. There's a lot of players on here who perform bad against really good teams. Kirk Cousins is the perfect example. You know what I mean? He just he's done really good defensive. It kind of made him shit the bed. So, but I look at so uh, just out of curiosity, and this is kind of from a statistical standpoint. um, Do you think there are twelve players 
12 quarterbacks ahead of him on this list of the top 100. 12 quarterbacks ahead of him? Yes. Um, Probably should be. If I can name them, I think about it. All right. So, obviously, you mentioned Russ, Kyler, Tua, or not Tua, Jesus. I will, uh, not Tua I will drive there and slap you. Not Tua him yet. And, it's it's, it's him possible. And him and- Him and Tua can be in a shitty quarterback conversation, and my money's on the shit. <laughs> I hope there was my credit again. Um, so, yeah. I, so the quarterbacks I would probably put in front of Mac, like de- definitely put in front of Mac. No, no competition. Josh, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert. Did I say Lamar yet? Yes. All right. Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, which she's ahead of him on this list. Derek Carr's there. Um, Matthew Stafford, who's going to be on this list. Uh, Dak, I put Dak ahead of him. Um, I'm trying to think of some other players here. So I got like nine right now. Passing yards leader. They're mighty. I mean, Tannehill's like a close case, right? It's it's maybe because Tannehill's hit or kind of hit or miss. Um, I so the reason I ask this is Joe Burrow. Speaking, Joe Burrow. Statistically speaking, there are thir- twelve or thirteen players ahead of him, Mahomes. and you named at least two behind him statistically that you would put on this list in front of him. Uh, one of which, obviously, Kirk Cousins. We already talked about being behind him on the list. I don't know. I just, I don't think he's done enough this year. Like he, I don't think he did enough last year to warrant that. Again, this and this is a player's opinion list, which is why arguing about it is stupid because we all know that players have stupid opinions about their friends. Hey, we're having but, a nice. This is a nice, friendly debate. We're not ESPN. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like I don't know. It's just, to me, he just hasn't done enough to to warrant being on the list, let alone ahead of any other quarterback in the NFL. Right. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a two sides battle of two two sides two opinions kind of thing. Sure. Um, I I, re- I really do think he went above and beyond. I, nobody expected nobody expected Mac Jones da- to be one the starter Mills, in the season. Does Davis Mills make this make this list? No, I to me the quarterback rankings last year were uh, as far as how they finished and how they performed. It would it, Mac was the number one quarterback last year of that rookie class. By a by a country mile, by a country really? mile. Oh God, yeah. Who would you put in da- front of Mac Jones? Davis Mills. You would put Davis Mills. I I would put him second in front of he, Trevor Lawrence. He did. He did as as good as Mac did with far less. He didn't have a Bill Belichick defense. He didn't have the the running game that the Patriots have, and he did just fine with the Texans. I mean, I think if you switch those two, I am far more worried about year two Davis Mills in New England than I am Mac Jones, hmm. personally. Hmm. Interesting. I, I mean, I'm a big Davis Mills stand, but um, but yeah, it, it, he would probably be number two. I'd probably put Trevor Lawrence three, Fields four, Trey Lance. See, I, I, I would even put Fields in front of Lawrence. 
Oh wait, I lied. Never mind. <laughs> but but I get what you're saying. There's it's a uh, a lot of people were like erupting and people were just taking a dump all over Mac. I was I was well Mac was, and cheese makes you shit. <laughs> I was completely fine with Mac Jones being on the 100. I thought he did work really hard, and I'm 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 personally looking forward to his year too. Um, he got in great shape, cut cut weight. He looks a lot more trimmed up, a lot more cut up, and um, and yeah. So I, I I was completely fine with it. Well, and the weight he lost, it looks like Zeke found. So <laughs> that is true. Or Leonard Fournette. Um, keep, keep feeding Zeke. <laughs> but all right, buddy, that is it. Unless there's anything else you want to add on this, I think we got a solid episode down there. I agree. Um, as always, man, I, I love doing this with you. These this Tuesday, or, sorry, Wednesday discussion topics are easily one of my favorite things for my week. You're one of the few people I feel like I can actually have a discussion with that. I'm not going to say tempers flare, but we can like, we can just guns blazing and we still be okay at the end of it. And this, I, that's what I, I love do. about you. This, <laughs> me, me and Statman have been doing this for shit since we were in eighth grade. That's screaming yeah. at each other at the top of our lungs. I don't scream. Hey man, <laughs> hey man you want to you go get lunch? Hey man, want to go get a beer? Yeah, no, I don't. I'm not a scraper, but you and I have some pretty good discussions and debates, and I hope we get to do a lot more of that this year. I'm sure we will. Oh, I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. But all right, Jaws, thank you as always. Make sure you go check out Jaws's other shows on the network, Hats, Tats, and Stats, Tip of the Cap, Common Debauchery, and The Producers. Um, go check those out. Congrats on your episode 100. My thank man, you. For Hats, Tats, and that Stats. Was it, was, it was a good time. Happy for you. Uh, but that's a wrap, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. And on behalf of Jaws and I, till next time, the two point conversation is good. Yeah, spot.